0: Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It's time for a Sunday morning sermon right here on our website. Thank you for coming to our website to hear this sermon on, on our, our Sunday morning, um, really church service without without the singing and announcements and anything else, just taking it down to the bare bones and having a Sunday morning sermon. Wherever you're hearing this as a Christian, uh, please pay particular attention to this message today. It's an important message. Now, I'm known as a man of joy. We're celebrating my birthday and 50 years of being the president, director, pastor, evangelist of the Holy Church of God, incorporated right here in Tampa, Florida, where this ministry originates and is based. An affiliate of Independent Assemblies of God International, a fellowship of Indy ministries and we're so thankful that God has given us grace and mercy that he has allowed us to to, to preach the good news in a bad news world for half a century <laughs> you know amazing grace when I get to that verse that said through many dangers toils and snares we have already come tis grace that brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. Friend of mine, I have found and discovered the sufficiency of God's grace. And we are all sufficient in His sufficiency, not in ourself. Hallelujah. That's another sermon. This is an important message today. Dear Christian friends, today I pray that you will give heed to this message. I believe it's coming from the heart of God. And the title of it is Effective Intercession, America's Only Hope. I want to underscore that today. Effective Intercession, America's Only Hope. And I want to read to put a context to the text. Ezekiel 22, verses 23 through 31, and in particular, Verse 30. Now you will recognize verse 30 and then I'm going to go back and read the context for the text. Actually, the book of Ezekiel will bring you to this summation and this opportunity, this window of opportunity that if not, what, what is the Latin term? Carpe diem. Seize the day. This window of opportunity is ours, but we have to do what the New Testament tells us to do. We have to redeem the time because the days are evil. Listen very carefully. Verse 30, on the subject, Effective Intercession, America's Only Hope. Verse 30 says, And I sought for a man among them, that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Now look at the result of that. Therefore, I poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads. That's the law, the unbreakable eternal spiritual law of sowing and reaping the world might call it karma i don't believe in the eastern terminology this is a ironclad biblical spiritual law you sow the wind you reap the whirlwind you sow sparily you reap sparingly bountifully you reap bountifully you sow one seed, but you reap a whole ear of corn. Friend of mine, today we are at a flashpoint in America of reaping what has been sown and what is still being sown in terms of abject rebellion, blasphemy, flaunting our sins before God. And unless There is effective intercession. This is not praying for a revival so we can have a shouting good time at church, although we could certainly use times of refreshing from the hand of the Lord. This is not just praying that more people will come to church so we can meet our budgets and build our buildings. Dear friend of mine, this is a battle for the souls of men and women boys and girls, and I believe this is a battle for the heart and soul of America. Without God's wall of protection, God's hedge, if you please. That's what it means. This is not an agricultural term. This is a city wall that was vital to keep enemies from coming in and destroying those cities. And if this wall has a breach in it, then the whole wall threatens to fall down. And if it does, there is no hope for that city. And God wants to bring deliverance. He wants to move Listen to what what the scriptures say. I'm going to put it in context. Beginning with verse 23 of Ezekiel 22. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, say to her, to Jerusalem, listen, you are a land that is not cleansed nor rained upon in the day of indignation. There's a conspiracy. Of I'm going to read this from the Amplified. You can read it from the King James. I don't have time to go back and forth. There's a conspiracy of Israel's false prophets in the midst of her. Many false prophets will go into the land. you see. They're here and they're now. In the midst of her, like a roaring lion, tearing the prey. They have devoured human lives. They have taken in their greed, treasure, and precious things. They have made many widows in the midst of her. Her priests have done violence. This is spiritual leadership. Her priests have done violence to my law. They've profaned my holy things. They have made no distinction between the sacred and the secular. Neither have they taught people the difference between the unclean and the clean. They've hid their eyes from my Sabbath, and I'm profaned among them. Her princes in the midst thereof are like wolves ravening the prey to shed blood, to destroy souls, to get dishonest gain. And her prophets have daubed them with untempered mortar, seeing vanity and divining lies unto them, saying, Thus saith the Lord when the Lord hath not spoken. The people of the land have used oppression, exercised robbery, they've vexed the poor and needy, yea, they've oppressed the stranger wrongfully. This is back in the King James, and I sought for a man among them that would make up the hedge, stand in the gap before me, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Therefore have I poured out my indignation on their own way, have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord. Listen, today, Ezekiel 20-30, the Lord says, I look for someone among them who would build up the wall. This is a wall we're talking about, critical to defending a city. And I look for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap, that broken down part of the wall that threatens to bring down the whole wall on behalf of the land. That's exactly what God is calling for if my people Which are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way. I will hear from heaven. I will heal their land. God is looking for men and women, boys and girls that know Christ, old and young ministers of the gospel, missionaries, preachers, teachers, laymen, everyone that knows God and is able to pray effective prayers to intercede for America, for our families, for our land, for other nations of the world. Listen carefully someone who would build up the wall, stand in the gap on behalf of the land, so I would not have to destroy it, but I found no one. The word picture painted in this verse according to got questions, and this is the answer given what they said. Listen, the word picture painted in this verse is that of a wall with a hole or a gap in it, A wall was the best means of protection in ancient times. A breach in the wall would let the enemy through. If there was a breach in the wall, defenders would have to swarm to that location and hold the breach. The gap would need to be repaired as soon as possible. If a breach was left unattended or unprepared, the city was sure to fall goes on, Ezekiel 22 summarizes the sins and abuses of the nation. As punishment for Israel's sins, God says He will disperse them among the nations. He says here in verse 30 and 31, But I looked for someone among them to build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land, so I would not have to destroy it. But I found no one. So I will pour out my wrath on them and consume them with my fiery anger, bringing down on their own heads all they have done, declares the Sovereign Lord. The gap, once again, represents the grave danger facing Jerusalem. God's wrath is about to break through in judgment upon the sinful city. Was there no one? Who would in righteousness, you see the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Was there no one in righteousness that could and would intercede on behalf of the city and seek God's mercy? God searched for such a defender. He could find none. It seems that if someone was willing to stand in the gap, The destruction of Jerusalem could have been avoided. Since no one was available or willing to defend the breach and rebuild the wall, judgment fell. Similar wording is found in Psalm 106 and verse 23. It summarizes the sins of Israel in the wilderness primarily concerning the golden calf. And verse 23 says this, So God said he would destroy them had not Moses, his chosen one, stood in the breach before him to keep his wrath from destroying them. Moses stood in the gap, and the people of Israel were saved with his petition on their behalf. In standing in the gap, he stepped between the Lord and the people. Moses had been chosen for that very purpose. In Ezekiel 20-30, God uses the language that reminds the people of Moses' actions. Centuries before, at Moses' intercession, God relented of his wrath in the wilderness. In Ezekiel's day, there was no Moses No one interceded for Israel. No one understood the danger God's people were in. And with no intercessor to stand in the gap, the destruction of Israel would be carried out. Remember, if my people, which are called by my name would humble themselves and pray. Just pray that God save a bunch of sinners. Just pray that the church would come alive. People would come back to church and start giving so we could build our buildings and get buildings, budgets, and books, our steeples and our stained glass, our edifices be built better and bigger. Know that God would spare this nation that he would spare our sons and our daughters and our grandchildren that he would spare America that he would spare spare judgment falling enemies prevailing has always been a part of how god allows the saw the the law of sowing and reaping to to run its course god is not mocked whatsoever a man soweth or a nation that Shall they or he or she also reap? To make matters worse, in Ezekiel 13, the false prophets in Israel are condemned because they have not repaired the breach in the wall. Instead of standing in the gap, they simply denied that judgment was going to come. Does it sound familiar? I'm with a pastor's organization and, and I, I have, I, I have Found a lot of data on, on how much a pastors pray across America on a poll that was taken not too long ago. Fifteen minutes a day. A nation in the condition we're in fifteen minutes a day. Other polls, do you ever preach on the judgment to come? Do you ever preach on sin and its consequences? And we're we're in trouble today. For this very reason, (laughs) they're condemned because they've not repaired the breach in the wall. And instead of standing in the gap, they simply deny the reality of judgment to come. I know it's not popular. I know people don't want to hear it. I know they call it an antiquated old message. And people just need to be comforted and lifted up when they come to church. Listen, we do need to be comforted. We desperately need to be lifted up. We need a true Holy Ghost revival. Praise God. We need a visitation from the Lord that begins with us, but doesn't stop with us, but reaches into the darkness that is covering this entire world and our own nation in America. Beside Moses, there are several others who had the courage to, and understanding and desperate need to stand in the gap and intercede for others. In Genesis 18, Abraham in seeds for Sodom and Gomorrah. If there's, if there's, if there's 50 righteous, would you spare the city? If there's 40, if there's 30, if there's 20, if there's 10, God says because of intercession, effective intercession, if I can find 10 righteous, Because you are interceding. I found a man to intercede. See, God wants to show mercy. But he has chosen to work through the human agency. And he looks for a human being, a man, a woman, to stand in the gap. Do you want to be that man? Would you be that woman? Would I? I'm convicted by this message for not praying more and praying longer. And seeking the Lord more, not just for my immediate needs to be met. Certain material needs to be met or physical needs to be met. Oh, dear friend of mine, we need a visitation from God. Something that will shake the church and shake the world and shake our nation once again. Someone asked me one time, how do we pray for the president? we pray that whoever regardless of their 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 political perspectives and ideologies whoever is president pray for kings and authority how should we pray god bless them anyway no we pray that whoever steps as we intercede for our nation that whoever steps into the wheelhouse to guide our nation politically listen that they will sense that this nation was established on the faith in God and the fear of God. And Not just faith in God, but the fear of the Lord. The deep reverence for him and the awesome responsibility that is laid on the shoulders of someone that would be in the wheelhouse to guide this nation and keep her off the rocks of destruction. Keep our boys, our young men and women in the military from being once again cast forth in a war that God's blessing is not on because he can't bless the sinful nation and the rebellious nation and the blasphemous nation. Dear friend of mine, we need to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church today. And I believe that he's saying, I'm looking For someone right now, it's critical this window of opportunity won't stay open forever. But I believe it's open right now. God's judgment is certain upon any sinful nation and all sinful nations. And America is not exempt from that judgment. But I believe there's still time to intercede. To stand in the gap and make up the hedge. Abraham said, "If you, For ten would you spare? Would you spare for ten? Would you spare for ten? For ten? Both cities, as wicked as they were, God in his mercy says, Because there's someone interceding. Because this is my heart. I would rather show mercy And give us space for repentance than to send judgment. But I found none. But in Abraham he found one. The problem was. It was so late in the intercessory process. There wasn't even ten righteous left in the city. Oh friend of mine. Today. Today. There's enough people here right with God in America. To stand in the gap and make up the hedge. Stephen prayed for those stoning him in Acts 7 and verse 60. You know what he prayed? You know what he prayed for those stoning him to death? Don't lay this sin, the killing of me, the murdering of me, don't lay this sin to their charge. This is, this is intercession based on compassion and a kind of love that this world doesn't get and many many people that go to church on sunday don't get it either this is the divine agape love of god paul prayed for israel's salvation in romans 10 1. and of course the lord jesus the master of standing in the gap praying from the cross father Forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. They do not know what they're doing. And according to the scripture, he is now the high priest. And what is he doing? Whoever lives, wherefore, he is able to save them to the uttermost, the farthest extent, seeing that he ever lives to make intercession. Oh, friend of mine, today the Spirit of the Lord is moving and God is speaking to you. I believe God is speaking to me. I believe it's time that we understand the critical time that we're in. Pastor, are you one of those old fire and brimstone preachers? Listen to me. no, No old preacher from way back coined that phrase. Jesus hears the cry of every soul in hell he's heard it he's seen the end from the beginning listen he's alpha and omega he he has he has looked down the corridors of time he he sees those souls that will be in hell and he hears their cry he's the one that talked about literally rocks melting and become molten from the heat He's the one that that talks about the cries of those who are in that place. And there's no possible way out. The window is closing to intercede for souls, to be heartbroken over the lost who are on their way to hell. I know it's an antiquated message in the hearts of many This is the Word of God. The Word of God is not an ancient old book that we can cast away and say God will never bring anything in this book to pass. Honey, God is going to bring everything in this book to pass. Concerning faith, that's a wonderful thing because he said he watches over his Word to perform it. We're not just talking about his promises to the righteous. We're talking about his promises to the wicked. Oh, dear friend of mine, today without effective intercession, there is no hope for this nation. No hope for this nation. And the nations of the world are in the same condition all over the world. The problem is this nation Along with possibly England has been, was founded upon Judeo-Christian principles that we honored God. We mentioned God. You look in inscriptions on our coins in God. We trust and there's a movement afoot and has been for several years to get it off of them, make a new currency in a digital Currency is going to come. Surely there's a cashless society that is coming, and there will be nothing about God. There will be a man and his number on it. Dear friend of mine, it, it will be the mark of the beast, and you won't be able to buy or sell without the mark. We see it coming. We know it's coming. The judgment of God is looming, and there's a window of opportunity when God starts looking for someone to stand in the gap and make up the hedge I I, I I know the prophecies are said, I know it God knows how it's going to turn out and whether people respond what we 're praying for is a space for repentance, a little more time for the gospel to go forth, a little more time. For men and women of God that teach and preach the gospel to stand up with a backbone of iron and declare that judgment is coming. Yes, that old ancient message to Israel is is as current and contemporary as what I've read to you about the very times that we are living in. I'm going to read it again as we close and is God speaking to you? Is God speaking to me today? And that the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, say to her, You're a land that is not cleansed nor rained upon in the day of indignation. There's a conspiracy. Israel's false prophets in the midst of her like a roaring lion, tearing the prey. They have devoured human lives. They have taken in their greed treasure and precious things. You hear it today. The get-rich gospel, the get-rich preacher who's preaching, the get-rich gospel is rich, many of them beyond our wildest dreams. And what do they want? Even more. Ever getting, but never having enough. They have made many widows in the midst of her. Her priest, have done violence. Her prophets, now her priests, have done violence to my law and have profaned my holy things. They've made no distinction between the sacred and the secular. Neither have they taught people the difference between the unclean and the clean. They've hid their eyes from my Sabbaths, and I'm profaned among them. Her princes in the midst of her like wolves rending and devouring the prey, shedding blood and destroying lives to get listen, dishonest gain, and her prophets have daubed them over with whitewash, seeking false seeing false visions and divining lies to them, saying the Thus saith the Lord. Doesn't does that not apply today? Thus saith the Lord when the Lord has not spoken. The people of the land have used oppression and extortion, have committed robbery. Yes, they have wronged and vexed the poor and the needy. Yes, they have oppressed the stranger and the temporary resident wrongfully. And I sought. I sought a man among them who should build up the wall, stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it. But I found none. What was the consequence? Therefore I poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I repaid by bringing it upon their own heads, saith, the lord god i believe without effective intercession this is america's only hope without it surely this nation will crumble it will fall god's judgment is certain upon sinful nations but there's still time. I believe this, there's still time to intercede. Is there a judgment upon America? Yes, but it is not the complete fall of this nation like Rome like Greece and Persia. Oh friend of mine, there's still time. Will you be a man or a woman that will stand in the gap? Will you pray? for this nation will you pray for the church and for ministers and to stand true to God and will you as a minister if you're a pastor evangelist whatever your title is and you have influence and you have a bible and you look at it and you see prom- God's promise to judge sin Yes, he judged it in Christ for the Christian. The problem is, many are not even hearing or heeding the good news that we can be saved. And they're blaspheming God and flaunting their sin in God's face. And God still, in his mercy and his love and his grace, is looking for someone. Because he would rather heal the land than destroy the land. Dear friend, will you be that person? Will I be that person? Will we take time to pray and to intercede for our nation and for our fallen world that we would see a a space of repentance, that there might be a revival before the door of the ark slams shut and the judgment falls? It's too late then. God found none here. And it was too late to intercede. That's why we're told awake thou that sleepest and Christ shall give you light. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. Redeeming the time. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Redeeming, buying up the time. (sighs) For the days are evil. That means judgment. Judgment is coming, and we have a window of opportunity to intercede effectively. And if you know Christ as your Savior, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person, man or woman, availeth much, because it's, he says, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked. (laughs) I have to judge the wicked, but I take no pleasure in it. (laughs) I put two ways before you, blessing and cursing, life and death. Choose life that you may live. For why will you die? Why will you die? Why choose death and destruction? Dear friend, when you're dead, it's not done. It's not over. Eternity awaits. And the question is, where will you spend eternity? Today, if you don't know the Lord is your Savior, your soul is worth all of the universe, all the riches of the world. There's nothing to compare with spending eternity banished from the presence of God and punished in the eternal suffering of hell. That's what the Bible teaches. And it is the Bible that people wishes did not exist and don't want to hear from. You quote a scripture and they they flee from you or they fly upon you. But I'm telling you, the Bible is true. And we need to hear all of it, not just the parts about how to get rich like the world, to get wealthy and powerful like the world. We need to hear the parts of it that tell us and warn us to flee the wrath to come. And if you don't know Christ as your Savior, the Scriptures declare that the wrath of God abides upon you because there's no blood sacrifice. There's no lamb offered to intercede for you. But I'm telling you, when Jesus died on that cross, He interceded. In your behalf, whether you come to Christ as your Savior and be reconciled unto God or not, He has paid the price for your soul to be saved. Don't let that price, that suffering, that death, that dying, don't let it be in vain. Come to Jesus. You see what's happening in the world. You know it's different now. It's like a floodgate has opened and the dam has burst. And there's no turning back the waters of sin and rebellion and lawlessness. Oh, friend, but there's time for you. You could choose to come to Jesus. You can repent of your sin. You can be sealed by the Holy Spirit. You can be saved from the wrath to come. Come to Jesus. Run to Jesus. Hallelujah. He'll welcome you. He will welcome you with outstretched arms. He will welcome you with nail-pierced hands. And God will receive you and forgive you for Jesus' sake. Hallelujah. (laughs) Come to Christ today. Come to Jesus. Christian, there's a window of opportunity to pray. Take time. Every single day, not just a day or a national day of prayer once a year. Oh, it's too close to the coming of Jesus. Too close to the pouring out of His wrath, the great tribulation. There's still time. Christ has not come. The tribulation has not broke forth upon the world. And America has not fallen fallen to her enemies there's still time to intercede stand with those around the world that will hear and heed a message like this one for I believe God's servants that listen to the Holy Spirit that understand the scriptures will not shirk their duty to declare God's truth to God's people. We're praying for a space of repentance, an opportunity given for the gospel to go forth in the power of God like never before. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' precious and holy name.